I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Friday, July 10th, 2020, and this is episode 76 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is I cut my hair and I got my eyebrows done. I ventured out into the world. So, y'all, my hair was trying me. I really, at that point, it was a it was a spur of the moment decision. I was just like, I had just worked out and it was hot, and it had been on my mind that I had to twist it. So it was clean. I had washed it like two days before, so I was supposed to twist it the day I washed it. And twisting takes like at that length, it took about thirty to forty minutes to twist my whole head and then have a twist out. And that's kind of the only hairstyle that I knew how to do. And I just didn't want to twist it. So I cut it. I cut it myself for the first time ever. Previously, my husband had always cut my hair if I wasn't going to the barbershop occasionally for like a real haircut. But he wasn't home and I just felt the need to do it right then. Because I really feel like that hair was blocking my blessings. (laughs) I do. And after I cut it, I felt amazing. I felt like a weight had lifted off of my shoulders, like a new person, except for my eyebrows. So my hair was really short. And this is something my mother always told me, because uh, my mom was like beauty pageants and modeling and really disappointed that I was never interested in those things. But your eyebrows are very important, especially when you don't have any hair. I'm just a low maintenance person. And during the pandemic, I just can't deal with the hair. I just, it's another stressor in my life. And yeah, I feel like a whole new person. Uh, it's a really amazing. And it actually is the best thing that has happened to me in several weeks. Writing news. Um, working on the short story that I'm giving away for Cry. Still haven't decided on the title yet, but it is, we're working, the working title is Coda of Metal and Bone. And it's going really well. I'm really liking it. I think it's going to be like 10,000 words, which is kind of what I thought it would be. Um, it might be a little bit longer, depends. So I've gotten through the first four scenes out of seven, revising them and rewriting them when needed. And so by this weekend, I, I should be done with it. And then I have next week to polish before giving it to the copy editor. And it's a really cute story. I'm super excited about it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking this process. I'm liking working on something short and discreet that I know I can finish in a set number of days or weeks. And I'm really thinking about trying to, uh, to focus some more on some short stories in the interim. Like after I finish the revision for Requiem, which is next on my plate, I will have, well, then I'll have the revision of the novella. But after all of these things, I will have some time to work on something that is not Earthsinger Chronicles related. And, you know, I have this idea percolating for this novel, but while that's still generating, I think it would be really beneficial for me to, to work on something short and maybe submit because I never really... I mean, I have some short stories in some anthologies, but for the most part, I was um, solicited for those. So I've never really submitted short stories to any of the bigger publications or smaller ones. The normal path of, especially science fiction and fantasy publishing, is you do the short markets and then someone notices you and you get a book contract or an agent. I don't actually know how it works, but this is my idea of how it works. And obviously, I didn't do any of that. 
And not that I feel like I need to, but I, I do feel like writing short stories is fun and it's a good way to take a little bit of a break while still being creative. And I have some new stories. I have this whole, you know, idea I've talked about before briefly, these fairy stories and sort of creating an anthology of those. And so whether I actually submit to anywhere or just create them for myself and release them, I don't know, but I do want to write them. Speaking of short fiction, the newest issue of Galaxy's Edge magazine is out with my column in it. I have a column called Longhand, which is a craft column, and I'm actually in the process of writing the next one for the next issue. So yeah, check that out. I'll link to it in the show notes. Other writing news. I finally, after much procrastination, posted about my pre-order campaign for Cry of Middle and Bone. I really enjoy doing the pre-order campaigns, mostly because I like designing the swag. So I made um, bookmarks and stickers for each of the books so far. And I had also designed book plates before. Um, so the app kind of giving those away in addition to the short story that I'm working on, which is the extra epilogue. And all I had to do was create a form on the website and, you know, build the web page, which is what I do every day, all day anyway, make web pages. <laughs> But sometimes when it's like your own thing, it just gets pushed back and back. And then I had to make a graphic on Canva to use for the social media. And these, this is pretty easy because it, everything will fit in a regular envelope with a regular stamp. Last time I did a pre-order campaign for real. Did I do one for Whispers? I can't remember. But I did one for Song. Or I did some kind of campaign for Song where I was giving away the trading cards. And the problem with that is... so. I, I had designed trading cards for Song of Blood and Stone. They had the cover on one side and then the one of, and then the nine sigils. So in the books are these illustrations for the nine houses. I put them on a, you know, trading card. The thing about that is there was nine cards and it was like too heavy or too misshapen to go through the normal postal system, like where they just scan it. I forget what they call it, but it required extra postage because of the bulkiness and the heaviness of it. And so that made it a bit of a pain. So this, I'm just giving away the bookmarks and the stickers and regular envelope. I'll just put a stamp on them all, mail them out. It'll be fine. At least that's the plan, <laughs> unless something surprises me. I think I'm going to do a bigger pre-order campaign for book four next March and do posters of the covers and maybe possibly commission some art. I um, I've tried commissioning art before and it didn't work out. I'm so picky. That's the thing. I'm super picky. For book four, I think I'm just going to do something big to celebrate the end of the series. Posters, I mean, posters are going to be hard to mail out. That's why it might be like a grand prize where like five people will get posters as opposed to everybody getting a poster because that would be extremely expensive also. So yeah, that's kind of in my mind. I might do a poll of some kind for my newsletter or my Facebook group and see what people really want. Anyway, all of those things are ideas for the future. We'll see what happens. As far as writing, I'm really looking forward to sort of the freedom of not being under contract. It is a little scary because it's always nice to have that momentum. Like, okay, well, this book ends and I'm already under contract for the next one. And I know a lot of authors, especially if you're full-time and this is how you're paying your bills, that's part of it. But that's not the case for me. And I don't, whatever I write next, I plan to finish before shopping. Now, a lot of my writer friends are like, no, don't, buy, don't write the whole book before someone buys it. 
you know, just sell it on proposal. And that's the way a lot of it works. But especially given the fact that I've had to step away from several projects that I've been working on without being able to finish them. It makes me a little nervous about selling something on proposal and then having to finish it. On the one hand, I would have to finish it. It would make me finish it. And that would be a good thing. I recognize that. On the other hand, I think there's very valid reasons to step away from something. And if I have to finish something, I'm afraid I won't love it. You know, I'm afraid that it will be a burden or an obligation. And that's one of the reasons why even though I would love to be a full-time author and make a full-time income with my writing, I'm not super broken up about that not being the case because I already have a career that's very flexible. I'm already self-employed. I own my own business as a website developer. And so I have the flexibility that I've always wanted. Becoming a full-time author doesn't have the urgency that it might for someone else because I can plan my schedule the way I need to. I write in the mornings. I can take on the projects that I want to. Also because my income, even my website income, isn't required for our family, which is you know another thing that I don't think enough people talk about, especially in the romance writing, which is predominantly women. I can't tell you how many full-time romance authors I have met who either haven't sold any books or sold one book, and they're full-time authors because their husband's income provides what they need to live on. We basically live off of my husband's income, and my income pays off our credit card bill every year and pays for the big things that, like, we need new gutters or when we need a new roof, you know, things like that. That has to be talked about when you talk about income and and writerly things and authorly things and how are people able to do what they're doing. I have a job that I enjoy, that I chose, that I manage in the way that I want to. And if it became necessary for my income to support me or support my family, I could pivot and make different decisions and absolutely do that. I made the decisions I have so that I could split my focus. And when it comes to writing full-time or making a full-time income from writing, that's what it really means. I don't know if that would tax me too much. I guess I am afraid that it would tax me too much. And that I'm afraid that it would push me into making decisions that I wouldn't make for creative reasons, that I would make for business reasons, and that ultimately would make me unhappy. There's a lot of easier ways to make money than by writing books. If all you want to do is make money, writing books is a very bad way to do that. <laughs> like it's possible and there are paths and there are many people doing it successfully and it's wonderful. But like, I think about the reasons I always wanted to write, the reasons why I always did write. And if I was pushed into a place where I had to sort of compromise that, that would make me super unhappy. All that to say, as I think about my next projects, what happens after Earthsinger Chronicles, I just want to make sure that I'm working on something that fits, you know, that feels right and that fills the need that I have inside, whatever that need might be. And I think that need changes over time, which is why another reason why Maybe I haven't been able to finish those older projects. I just have a different need from what I'm doing creatively right now than I did then. So those are, you know, things I'm thinking about as I go forward. So after September, my schedule for the rest of the year, the third quarter, the fourth quarter is completely blank. I don't have anything on my calendar and it's both freeing and nice and a little scary because 
like I got paid for, what did I get paid for? The way the payments work for, um, with traditional publishers, my payments are split into thirds. So I have a four book contract. I get three payments per book. The first payment for all of them was when I signed the contract. The second one is when my editor accepts the book. Um, usually sometime during edits or when it goes to copy edits, the final payment is when the book is published. So I got paid, I got my acceptance payment for Requiem this week. And then I'll get it paid again this year when Cry comes out in August. So that's two payments. And then the last payment that Macmillan will give me before any royalties that may or may not come would be next year when um, book four is released. And so from an income perspective, I'm looking at the last payment coming in a, you know, a few months. So that is when it's like, oh, well, another contract might be nice, but I don't have another book to sell at the moment. And uh, which I'm okay with, like I kind of the whole point of this is just to say that it's a consideration. And uh, something that I think about. But it's not the primary consideration, because burnout, stress, creativity, all of that stuff. I really am trying to, I'm trying to nurture myself better as an artist. It's part of being kinder to yourself. And at a, at a certain point, I was kind of pushing to have something to go on submission with so I could have another contract. But now, um, whether it's just the burnout feeling, the COVID pandemic stress and not wanting to add any additional stress to myself or just age, I don't know, <laughs> I'm older now. I'm older than I was yesterday. Those things, I just, I'm not thinking about them anymore. I really am focused on the story and what I want to be writing. And um, I'm feeling really good about this heist idea, even though it's still nebulous in so many ways. And even as I have the next couple of months are going to be pretty busy with getting the fourth book revision accomplished, it'll go straight into copy edits then, I'm sure. And then dealing with the novella, having that done by the end of September, like the schedule until September is doable, but I don't want to say aggressive, is um, robust, shall we say. The schedule is robust. And then I'm looking at these blank three months with a lot of joy and a little bit of trepidation. But it's really incredibly exciting to be looking at the end of the tunnel. Is that the right metaphor? I don't know. The end of the road, maybe, <laughs> for Earthsinger Chronicles. It's um, when this fourth book publishes in 2021, it'll be eight years of my life on this series which I don't think I thought about at the beginning. And I absolutely did not think about that at the beginning. I had no clue. Because at the beginning, it was one book. And then at somewhere along the way, it became four books and then three novellas. And then I popped in a short story, <laughs> Extra Apple Hawk. And I, I, you know, the series will end in a very satisfying way, but there's still open threads that I could revisit at some point in time. And I've still got this prequel very far in the back burner of my mind, but I have a whole NaNoWriMo draft of a prequel to this whole, to the whole uh, multiverse. Earthsinger Chronicles, and if you've read the Angel books, um, yeah, that whole multiverse. That's in at some point in the future. So yeah, those are some of the businessy type future things I'm thinking about as I look at, you know, 
a robust few months coming up of finishing up the series. So goals. My goal for this week is to complete the short story, get it polished and ready for editing, and really plan out the revision for uh, for Requiem of Silence for book four as much as I can. I am expecting to edits from my editor, um, but I do want to have sort of my own roadmap of what the things that I really want to see changed, things that I'm unhappy with. Since I just, you know, completed a reread of the entire series. Uh, so it's still semi-fresh in my mind. Before I go, it's July and it's time to hear from another one of the Frolic Podcast Network podcasts, Too Stupid to Live. Hey everyone, it's Becky Feldman here and I am Too Stupid to Live. And do you want to hear something crazy? I also host a comedy podcast called Too Stupid to Live. How did that happen? I have no idea. Um, anyway, on Too Stupid to Live, I am joined by some hilarious guests where we review romance novels $5 and under. And we have covered the gamut of romantic fiction, from historical romances to dinosaur erotica. Which, you know what, now that, now that I think about it, I think that's like also a historical romance. Um, Anyway, each episode, we go on this engaging journey. Um, I've had Sarah McLean, the fabulous author, talking about the power of romance to Nick Weiger of the Doughboys podcast, reading a sexy excerpt in the voice of Elizabeth Holmes. That one still gives me very sexy nightmares, but I just can't get enough. Um, So TSTL puts out two episodes a month, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for me for this week. I hope that you have a wonderful week that is restful and safe and healthy amidst everything that is going on right now. Please take care of yourself and happy reading. For episode show notes and to sign up for the footnotes newsletter to get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. I would love a rating or review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts like Too Stupid to Live, go to frolic.media slash podcasts.